Have you ever lost yourself in a pit of despair and loneliness and blackness that you're just like, you know, if my kids found me this way, they'll be all right. They'll get over it. And by this way, I mean dead. Yeah, I said it. I'll share the unspoken, what happens behind closed doors, and secret, what would they think about me if someone knew, thoughts. Welcome to Get the Skinny on Everything podcast with your host, Coach Andy, the Skinny Mommy. It can be challenging for women to separate themselves from the role of mother, wife, cook, maid, lover, etc., especially if you're not solid in who you are without all those roles and labels. Let's get real, raw, and ruthlessly transparent so the best version of you will always shine through. Have you ever lost yourself in a pit of despair and loneliness and blackness that you're just like, you know... If my kids found me this way, they'll be all right. They'll get over it. And by this way, I mean dead. In this dark, horrible place, I'm sure you can relate. The hurt. Every day, there's hurt. Every day, there's that pain. It's not physical. But it's a deep, soul-wrenching pain that unless it goes away, which is pretty much only by the hand and kiss of death, then what's the point of living? So here I'm going to tell you my story about the time that I lost who I was. I became such a young mom at such a young age you know at the age of 20 I was pregnant at 19 of course by my choice and I didn't quite have enough time yet to develop into the woman that I was meant to be you know I don't know who that person was meant to be because I am only what I am now based upon my experiences in life But I want you to understand that our individuality of who we are at our core, our soul, and our heart, sometimes we give it away. And that's my story today, is this is just a story. So welcome to the podcast, and here's my story of losing myself and why and how I lost myself now that I know. So at the tender age of 16, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the 90s. And so there was this game called baseball. And in baseball, there's four bases. Now, I was never one to watch sports or to get into sports. So getting to first base was pretty much kissing right? (laughs) Y'all know where I'm going with this now. First base, second base, third base, and then of course the home run boy. 
that was the highlight of my high school years. Now, granted, I was a super shy, very shy girl in high school. Rarely talked to anyone outside of my two best friends, which were girls. And talking to boys was just not going to happen. It would never happen. And being probably one of, I don't know, maybe five black kids in school, I didn't have a lot of boys trying to knock down my front door to date me. So (laughs) um, I kind of kept to myself and I was fine with that. I was totally fine with that. Uh, But I did have my you know, my crushes on boys in high school and whatnot. But this one boy that I met, um, he wasn't from my high school. It was actually at a church youth group. And I met him there and I kept noticing he's looking at me. And I'm like, why the heck is he looking at me? Girls, I was talking to my friends. I'm like, I don't get noticed. People don't notice me. He keeps looking at me. Long story short, we end up dating. Just like, you know, the highlights of what my girlfriends are talking about. What base did you get to last night? Did y'all go out on a date? Did he try anything? And it was it was really all about getting to the next base. That's what it seemed like. Like if you have a boyfriend or you have a girlfriend, you're getting to that next base. And I'm sorry, I this is my opinion, but... If anyone ever says that a 16-year-old is ready for an intimate relationship, they're lying. (laughs) We do not even have the brain development yet, like the frontal cortex of the brain, to make sound, conscious, intentional decisions that weigh the pros and cons and the consequences, good and bad, and to have all that laid out. We're just too young. And though... You know, I followed, you know, my physical desires and I lost my virginity at 16. And in giving that away, I've then basically put my identity into this physical relationship. And if as long as that physical relationship was solid and together, my identity and who I was was solid and together. Because one, I felt shame for what I had done. Though, you know, I would make choices that said otherwise, but I didn't know anything else. It's like, this is what you do. You go and have boyfriends and girlfriends and you sleep with them. But here's the thing. Of course, that relationship did not last. And it crushed me more than I realized. And I continued through my life. For the next few years, graduating high school and then going on to college for a couple years and realizing if I don't get that identity back, basically get back with that person and recreate what we had when I was 16, 17 years old, then I don't know who I am. I'm lost. Some would say this is codependency. I 100% agree. I had developed into someone and something that was outside of myself and without them, I didn't feel whole. That's what I kept telling myself. I'm not whole without you. I'm not whole if I don't recreate what we once had. And that's what led to my affair. Is even though I 
married my baby's daddy, you know, because I became pregnant with a with and you know, another boy, my current husband, and this other person came back into my life from high school, and I was like, look, there's my identity. I gotta get it back, <laughs> regardless of being married. And never really taking time for me, even if as a young mom, you know, I could have tried to take steps to figure out, okay, Andy, you're a young mother, but there's still you. What can you do for you and take your son along with the journey? You know, I really wasn't mature enough to do that. I was, I would say, a very selfish person, and I just kind of did what I did and just going on how I felt in the moment. It felt good to be like, okay, this guy wants to marry me. We're having a kid together. Sure, that feels good. Went off to Vegas and got married. Literally went to Vegas and got married at the Little White Chapel. It's quite nice. No, Elvis did not marry us. So when this person came back to my life, I fought to get that identity back. And here's the thing. Even after the trauma and the turmoil, the marriage crap that came with it, and Jeff and I stayed together anyways, even though that person was out of my life, I still held on to what could be with that other person. Because that other person had bought my kids toys. And I kept those toys. Now that may not seem significant, but for anyone who's ever had any type of or feelings of cheating or somebody else and the the spouse's cheater, that person, bought something for your family and you, the your spouse lets it stay in the house, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> it's like you're refusing to still let go of that person. And that's, that was me. Because I was still struggling to let go of this past identity I had fought so hard to create and telling myself was the only truth was through this other person. So if I can keep some of that person, then I can feel somewhat whole. Unfortunately, unfortunately, three years later, when my husband stepped outside the marriage, it hit me like a piano falling on my head. All the keys, all that, that drowning sound of just destroying all those musical notes, it hit me what I had done for these past three and a half, four years. And I understood. Sucked. (laughs) And I immediately took those toys out of my house, threw them in the dump. I would have taken them to the incinerator. And I finally felt what it knew to disconnect from someone who was not a part of me. And it felt really good. It took a hard, heart-wrenching, soul-crushing experience. But I finally separated from what I thought was my one and only true identity. Now, I didn't instantly get it back in that moment. I still had things to work through with Jeff. And, you know, my past came up. His past came up. It was just a horrible mess. And to be honest with you guys, my real really becoming comfortable with who I am in and of myself 
came about a year or two after that. And once I solidified who I am, I was like, I'm Andy. I'm a child of God. I am loved just as, as I am. I am a mom. But then it even took a couple years later for someone, a really dear friend, who said, now she wasn't a mom at the time, but she said something really, really bold. And I cannot profoundly thank her enough for saying this to me. But when she was trying to hang out with me and I would keep making excuses because at the time I had six kids. So I'd make excuses. Oh, I got the kids. Oh, I can't do this because of the kids. And I think she was just picking up that I'm just making excuses to not hang out or to do something away from the house because she kept trying to invite me to Zumba class, actually. (laughs) And I was refusing to go and just making up all these excuses. Oh, I don't have a sitter. Oh, just not home or... (laughs) And she once invited me to go to the Netherlands. And I, again, I was like, oh man, I got the little kids. Actually, I had a newborn. And I, of course, you're thinking, you have a newborn. You can't go to the Netherlands. But something she says, she's like, Andy, you don't have to hide behind your kids. I was like, excuse what? <laughs> I didn't get mad. I didn't get like defensive. I was just quiet and I had this almost like an internal breakdown of relief. Like, really? Is it really okay to just be me? Now you have to realize that through all the affairs, the cheating, the mommyhood and having more kids, that I'm being, you know, shot at it through every, seems like every corner to do this, be like this, do this for your kids, be this kind of mom. A mom doesn't work outside the home. A mom is always there for her kids. A mom does crafts with her kids. You know, I'm being just bombarded with all the things I should be doing as a mom to be a quote unquote good mom. And so I'm thinking I'm doing all these things like putting all the kids first. I got to put the kids first. Even though I'm dying inside, I'm crazy angry inside and bitter and I'm keeping all this in, but I take it all on the kids because I am home and I do one stupid little thing and I lose my shit and I'm just going nuts. And a part of me is like, I want to go do these things, but no, 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 put the kids first, put the kid first. You know, it's like this inner conflict. And when she said that, you don't have to hide behind your kids. I was like, thank God, really? (laughs) Now granted, she wasn't a mom. Yet, she became a mom a couple years later. And I was like, but then, you know, my doubt came in. What does she know? She's not a mom. But then a part of me is like, no, but wait. Wait, wait, let's hear her out. You know, and then the inner conflict happened. So I said, I'm going to Zumba. I'm going to Zumba. Jeff, you watch the kids. I'm going to Zumba. (laughs) That first class solidified it. When I saw the instructor up there, when I was just letting my body be free and I felt my legs burning from squats and then I'm dancing and doing the merengue and I'm doing the salsa, I was like, this is me. And a few short months later, I went off to the Netherlands to get certified as a Zumba instructor. 
and Andy started to emerge. And when Andy started to emerge for the first time in forever, my husband looked at me and said, damn, who are you? Because you are sexy as hell. I haven't seen this part of you. I'm liking this part of you. And I want to be a better man because I don't want to lose this you. And I said, thanks. Because I finally feel solid and whole and complete. And you know what the best thing is? If I didn't have the kids, if I didn't have Jeff, he decides to up and leave me. If I didn't have any of that, I would still be me. And that is so incredibly liberating. And so today, it's just a story of finding my individuality and who I am at my core, in my soul, in my heart. And gosh, you guys, I was, see, this was back in where it really started 2012. So I had been married for and gotten pregnant. So I got pregnant in 1998. 14 years. You guys, I was 34 years old when I just wholeheartedly found my authentic self, discovered my authentic self, allowed my authentic self at who I am in my soul and my and my core and my heart to really come through. And then as she started to emerge, as we talked about in our last episode, that's when those non-negotiables were eating at me a little bit more, a little bit more. And people were saying, do this, do it that way and do it that way. And I was like, is that part of Andy? I don't think that's Andy. Andy doesn't want to raise her kids like that. Andy needs to raise her kids like this because this is Andy and Jeff's like unique family dynamic. And nobody understands that. My parents don't understand it. They only raised two kids. I'm raising, at the time, I was raising seven. How can anybody understand something if they only had two? And I have seven. <laughs> You know, some of their advice was wise and discerning and some of it just did not work for our family dynamics. And I started to make that distinction. And I started to say, no, this does not work for me, primarily Jeff and me, and then our kids. And so if you feel like, hey, I'm in a dark place and I'm having a really hard time coming out of it. Now, how I came out of that deep, dark, depressing place where I wanted to take my life, that is coming up soon <laughs> because that in and of itself was a, is a whole different story. But once Andy crawled out of that and then Andy is like, what does Andy need and who is she? And she has permission to not hide behind her kids. Basically, my friend was telling me, you have permission to be you outside of your kids. That's how I just was liberated. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a wife. I'm not just a homeschooling mom. As everyone else seemed to be trying to put me in a box 
always asking, how are they doing here? How are they doing here? And then questioning my motives. I was questioned about to homeschool or not, telling me that my kids would never be socialized, telling me that my kids wouldn't have the experience of being bullied. Literally, they said that. Well, if they're never bullied, how are they going to stand up for themselves? I'm like, excuse what? <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, let's not even go there. And tell me all these negatives. And then years down the road, they're saying, I'm so glad you're homeschooling. The kids these days in these public schools. Trust me, it takes every ounce for me to say, really? Because I told you so. <laughs> no, no. All I, can, I mean, trust me. I was terrified to start homeschooling. So I was definitely second guessing myself. But again, my heart was saying, keep these kids home and make sure they are protected from all of that crap out there. So that when they go out into the world, they are, they are mature, they're equipped, they're more wise and they're discerning and they know how to deal with these situations as they come up. But what I'm saying is, when my individuality, my heart and soul was solidified, it made all the difference in finding myself so that I never lose me and never, ever want to take this precious life that God said, you belong here. So if you're listening Here's my one message for you today. You belong here and you're super loved. Let me repeat that. You belong here and you are super loved. I pray you never forget that. You are here because you're supposed to be here. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to spread the super love, please share it or post about it on social media. Feel free to also leave a rating and review. To catch all the shenanigans going on, you can follow me on Instagram at the skinny mommy. Just remember, I got you. Stay true to you and I pray you feel super loved today.